everybody, and welcome back to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. And today I have a guest, Michael McCamick. He's a Twitter follower of mine, and we've been interacting on Twitter forever and never talked in person. So it's, it's a little different. It's not as much agronomy and a little bit more sports than what we normally cover on the podcast. But it's it's interesting to see kind of what Mike and I's interaction has been like. And uh, really, actually, this is the first time we've talked in person. So it's kind of interesting to hear how we uh, we have very very similar lives and very dissimilar lives at the same time. And then we kind of make fun of each other from the different parts of Indiana we're actually from and, and our sport team following. So anyway, let's get right into it. So okay. one thing I wanted to ask was, so I'm with K. Michael McCamick or Kenny Michael McCamick. Uh, I don't, you, you change your you change your Twitter handle about every two weeks, so <laughs> I, I get a little bored with it from time to time. But yeah, I'm, I, I go by Michael. Uh, my my mom wanted to name me after her mom and my dad, so uh, they decided I was going to be a Michael. But they decided <laughs> Kenneth Michael was better than Michael Kenneth, so but that's why I've got to shove the K on front of everything, even though I'm Michael. I got to be that guy all through college. I was you know, gonna. That's. <laughs> I'd say maybe go by Mike. <laughs> well, you know, once again, it, you get taught by your parents to be particular about that crap, and all of a sudden, <laughs> here you are, a thirty-seven-year-old correcting people for calling you Mike, and you're trying to stop yourself. But well, uh, my, my my poor excuse at at, at like sarcasm when I, I do like an office space quote, and people are like, "What? What?" I'm like, "Office space," you know. We're, where he's Michael Bolton, and he says, maybe go by Mike. He's like, screw it. I'm not going to change my name. That ass, no talent ass Colin should change his name. Why should I change? He's the one that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I, I would, so, Mike, Michael. <laughs> sure, I'll answer. <laughs> I, I did go on the Ames 4K Farms Facebook page. Uh-oh, that hadn't been updated a lot lately. What did you yeah. find? So you, you link to it on your on your Twitter. So I was like, I'll click on this. And I clicked on it and there's a post in October. And then I think the one before that was November of last year. So <laughs> Yeah, I that's one of those things we'd been uh oh back in I wanna say twenty fourteen or so, we'd started about we started talking about some transition planning and uh my, my cousin that sells seed corn kinda was back and a little more involved. And uh, we got all psyched up about how having a website and a Facebook page and a web presence was a big deal. And we really got after it. And all of a sudden, uh, we weren't doing anything at all with the web page. And I was the only one ever posted anything to the Facebook page. So I, I don't know that anyone else has posted anything to Facebook in the last two years. But every once in a while, I'll stick something over there if I don't uh, cheat and keep it for myself. But I'm almost certain this is you posting it because it says, these are some photos. <laughs> that sounds like my work yes i would i would probably cop to that <laughs> so yeah so your background so you said you went to rose holman i did did I, you go uh, to purdue at all or did you just go to rose holman i uh i i went to rose holman out of high school it did not go well um i i only applied to two places out of high school, uh, mechanical engineering at both Rose and Purdue. Got into both. Uh, uh, I was a bit of a shut-in, pretty shy. I'd just gone through a bit of a farm accident my senior year of high school. I just Rose was oh about forty-five minutes from home. Purdue's about an hour and a half, and 
So I just kind of wanted to be closer around and, you know, it was a tough school. Uh, I was, I was drawn to that and I thought I was pretty tough too. And I found out I was wrong, but, uh, <laughs> I, I have been around Purdue all my life, been going to basketball games. Uh, my grandparents have had uh, tickets to Purdue basketball since, you know, before I could remember. So uh, I've been up to Purdue. I've been around Purdue a lot, but I stupidly did not go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I, I, I love when I, my wife and I went to, um, went to the outlet mall in Aurora, Illinois, which is, it's right off of like 88. So my wife's from Chicago area and I'm kind of from Chicago, which it's like an hour and a half to our seats in Wrigley from my parents' house. So I, I grew up with Cubs season tickets, which is awesome, but we only went to like yeah. 20 games a year. But so we're at this outlet mall and uh, we went into, I can't remember what store, I think it was Nautica. I, it was like 15 years ago, but so we're in the store and the guy goes, oh, you guys went to Purdue? Because we were both wearing Purdue stuff. And we're like, oh, yeah, we go to Purdue. And he goes, oh, that must be, that's kind of a far trip, right? Because that's on the West Coast. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> like an hour and a half from here, dude. Oh, well, that's that's like a an Ivy League school, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's <laughs> like the first day of Purdue they teach you is like somebody asks you if you go to an Ivy League school, you just say, yeah, sure. Yeah, this is Princeton <laughs> or Pepperdine. It could be either one. That's right. Stanford? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I come to Wisconsin. And so my, my favorite thing was I had a recruiter uh, at my first job. And he goes, so you, sh- you should uh, you should look for a different job. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And he goes, well, we could, we could put you on our website. And, and, and we sent out an email advertisement to like all the, re- the people in the, in the state. And I said, I get those. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you should. We'll put you on it. And we'll, we'll put your background a little bit. And I said, if you put down that I went to Purdue, I said, there's three people in Wisconsin that went to Purdue. How hard is it going to be to figure out that there's a guy in Southeast Wisconsin that's been working since 2008 in an agronomy position that went to Purdue and was looking for a job? Oh, <laughs> and I said, yeah, you might not want to advertise that. <laughs> like, I really don't. <laughs> it's just, oh, and it's, it's funny because it, I don't know. You've probably never seen this movie. There's a movie called Godfather of Green Bay, and it's it's really funny. <laughs> if you haven't and you've ever been to Wisconsin, you should watch this thing. And it, Rest it, assured, it, I have not. It, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a copy of it. But there's, okay. a, there's... It's a comedian from Chicago that wrote this movie, and he writes this movie, and it's, it's about him coming to Wisconsin to do a, a set. And the guy they go to a bar and it's literally just a small town bar in wisconsin and first thing he walks in they're like oh yeah where are you from he's like oh chicago boo the bears suck <laughs> I'm like yep that's pretty much my experience i say i'm from indiana and they're like oh you're a colts fan no i'm a bears fan <laughs> and that's that's all they want to talk about is how much the bears suck and mitch trubisky should get traded and i'm like do you really want mitch trubisky traded because if he does get traded and the bears get better and oh no, he should just stay there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I say I've I've got a a, a step grandpa that's been around Indiana, obviously longer than the Colts have, and his his favorite saying is "Go Colts and take the Pacers with you." Um, <laughs> uh, that's why everybody yeah. just assumes I'm a Colts fan and a Pacers fan, and even though I went to Purdue, I must be an IU basketball and Notre Dame football fan. Mm. I'm like, no, I grew up near South Bend. Oh, you're a Notre Dame fan? I, I had 
Well, we talked about, I had like plastic surgery, outpatient plastic surgery last week to get this cyst removed. And the guy, first thing he says, when I said I'm from near South Bend, he goes, Oh, you must be a Notre Dame fan. I said, no, I went to Purdue. He's like, well, so why aren't you a Notre Dame fan? I'm like, <laughs> uh, have you ever watched the Purdue Notre Dame game? <laughs> like I've been to a couple, it's not real good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm one of the thousands of people that, but I actually did go to the 1997 Purdue Notre Dame game. And uh, I, my grandpa got some tickets. I was able to go to that. I, you know, Purdue had just been beat by Toledo in Joe Taylor's first game. So I wasn't expecting a lot, but that was, that was a pretty cool experience. I, I haven't been to a lot of football games, especially not a lot of happy football games up at West Lafayette, but, uh, but Purdue was good for a while. We'll always have that. <laughs> that, that sucks you went to the 97 one i went to the 98 one in notre dame so no <laughs> in the rain if i remember right i think i sat underneath the poncho and ate like skittles or something the entire game. it's like this sucks <laughs> i was oh. i think i was well i was eighth grade so i would have been like 14 i was just like i hate this i hate football i don't know why i'm here i had the old tyrone willingham era at notre dame so that was a lot of fun but Mm, yeah i did get lucky to go to the 2004 notre dame purdue game and i took my grandpa and i remember my grandpa's obviously like clad in everything notre dame and we just destroyed him that was the game that like taylor subblefield was doing the boiler up oh, the, the, running down. Oh, yeah from the 50 yard line and was oh, it was like that, a 97 yard touchdown yeah, so when lyman had like 300 yards receiving like his only good game ever is that <laughs> no that was, was... That two, that's two years before yeah, it was been a couple of years before. It was Taylor Subblefield and Kyle Orton. But if I it remember, was, yeah. Rob Nikovich got a touchdown catch. Um, Kyle Ingram Man, was is... good then. <laughs> I actually, and this is my funny story from being at school. I was in intramurals and I was intramural supervisor. So I ran the intramurals and we were, we had basketball. I was a referee for, and then I, in charge of basketball and then some of the football stuff and Kyle Ingram was playing basketball and I'm like didn't you just get injured he goes oh yeah I'm all right though I can play basketball I'm like isn't Coach Taylor gonna be pissed he's like nah he's fine and then that kid like transferred two months later and I'm just like yeah you're just kind of an idiot Kyle Ingram he's a really nice guy but he and he's like six nine or whatever but he's just a blockhead <laughs> And then I always that remember, dude was good at running ten yards and stopping. He's pretty good at that. Dustin yeah. Keller was in class with me. Uh, I took Ag Econ with oh, wow. Downey, the 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 class that everyone asked you if you took. And I was like, all right, yeah, I took that. Dustin Keller sat in front of me, and they gave you five points for being on time. <laughs> and out of like a thousand points in this class, you get like two hundred of it's your just being in class on time. Dustin Keller was ten minutes late every day. <laughs> Just like this guy is an idiot. Uh, I, I think uh, I had a cousin that played in the the state all star uh, football game against him, and I I think he attempted to break up a pass and tackle him, and, and he ended up getting hurtled and smashed into the ground. But he's got a pretty good story about it. But uh, <laughs> Dustin was man, what an athlete! <laughs> yeah, he was a really <laughs> good football player, but I just... maybe not too bright. I remember like Keaton Grant and Carl Landry and some of those guys, David Teague, they'd be outside of like the sororities hitting on the girls. I'm like, oh, you guys. 
I mean, I have all kinds of like athletic stories from Purdue. <laughs> well, I always talk about Joe Tiller. My the only times I ever met Tiller or saw Tiller in public was at Long John Silver's and <laughs> Sam's Club eating a hot dog. And I was like, yeah, guy really likes cheap food. Yeah. My best stories of um oh, of Gene Katie were always they're just hilarious stories. I love Gene Katie. He was a great, great for the students and I mean, as much as the teams kind of sucked at the end, he was a really fun guy to be around. But oh, I bet. So that's so. Are you so you're from north of forty, right? Well, uh, I guess uh, I've lived north Miles. and south of forty. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was gonna say I, I think I, I've spent my childhood either from three miles north to half a mile south, and then I, now I live a, a good five miles north or so. So this all, that all came about when I was at school, there is a kid, um, and he's an auctioneer now. And I remember him always saying, I mean, like I, I gave him crap about his accent and he's like, oh, I'm from South of 40. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is South of 40? I'm like, I, I grew up in Northern Indiana. I don't even know what 40 is. He's like, South 40, we all talk like this. I'm like, that's great, man. That's cool. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> like Northern Indiana, we just... We just roll the smoke or chew skull and smoke Marlboro Reds and drive IROX, but I guess <laughs> you're all a bunch of rednecks. All right, that's great. It's always good to have somebody south of you that you can make fun of. <laughs> I think we all do. So, uh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> if, uh, if you ever come to Wisconsin and talk to some or talk to somebody about Illinois, they'll be like, "Oh, those fibs." And if you don't know what a fib is. A fib is an effing Illinois bastard. So that is that's what fibs are in Wisconsin. Oh. And, uh, they literally, when I first moved here, was, <laughs> the radio station had news of the fibs. And I'm like, news of the fibs? And I had to call my aunt and uncle. They're, <laughs> they went to Purdue, both of them. And they live in uh, New Berlin, which is just, I don't know, maybe 10 miles from here. And uh, they were like my introduction to Wisconsin. You know, I called my uncle. I'm like, what's a fib? And he just starts laughing. He's like, well... Then he told me what it is. I'm like, oh, geez. And he goes, yeah, your cousin was at the Sears Tower <laughs> last year, and we were watching Veggie Tales. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, there was an episode on Veggie Tales about <laughs> fibs, and fibs are bad people. And I was just like, oh my god. And he goes, we were at the Sears Tower, and he kept saying, Dad, is there going to be any fibs at the top of the Sears Tower? <laughs> and they're wearing like Milwaukee Bucks clothes back then because it was in the early 2000s. And I was like, oh my god. He goes, yeah, we got some pretty nasty looks at the Sears Tower talking about fibs. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. So, yeah, Wisconsin's it, – it's funny going to Purdue and being in Indiana. Um, I, I scouted fields, I think, my first four years. Um, and my one year I worked for Cargill, which I don't know if it's a thing where you're at. There was one by us. Cargill Ag Horizons had, like, an agronomy side – and I scouted fields for him, and I scouted 25,000 acres. There was four of us. Oh. Was, so between the four of us, we had to scout 25,000 acres every two weeks. That was the summer internship I did. Oh, sheesh. And I did all this scouting. We had one alfalfa field. And then I moved to Wisconsin, and it's like a third of my crop acres up here is alfalfa. And I had to learn about oats and barley and triticale. And I was like, what is this stuff? I was like, that looks uh, like wheat, but not really. And they're like, that's oats. I'm like, all right, cool. Hmm. Are you sure? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say there's not not a lot of hay grown for serious in our area. There's there's plenty of grass that people let grow and then they make hay out of it. But uh, as far as people actually actually being real serious about it, it it's few and far between. And and we're not really, you know, we're we're not on what I would call you know the actual corn belt we're, we're just a little south of it here am i we still just farm corn and beans on, on about anything that you can get a, a planter over it seems like so so my my so how many acres does ames 4k farms farm oh including all of our interests we get over let's say five six thousand acres um uh, my, my my uncles, my three uncles now are in 4K farms. Uh, they bought my grandpa out. Um, oh, I don't know. It's been long enough ago that I don't remember, but that that's how it became 4K because Kenny, uh, Carrie, Kim, and Kent. Um, so, uh, anyways, but it's so anyway. The the four the three of them are in 4K, and then my cousins Kyle and Cole and myself Kenneth Michael. Um, are kind of the next generation and we're picking up some stuff we farm individually and farm together as individuals but we're we're kind of working together so but anyway that's kind of it's always an interesting dynamic trying to sell grain as an, at an elevator as two or three of us together and trying to put it on one check or whatever but uh, that's kind of how we sit down here well and that was that was an interesting thing coming to wisconsin in southeast wisconsin's kind of like i don't know it a different animal i grew up my first well i have a relative that farms eight thousand acres i have another relative that farms like i don't know what they're up to now they were up to like eight or ten thousand when i was a kid i come to wisconsin they're like all right your biggest customer is 1800 acres i was like what <laughs> and, and then the neighbors down the road, they're, they're, they're three thousand acres and they're they're huge and i'm like that's not that big i mean it, I don't want to like put these guys down and I mean, they're friends and customers and stuff now. And I'm like, they're, they're big for up here. It's just our average field size is like 15 to 20 acres. And like you always post pictures of like your fields where it's, you know, down in the holler and through the woods and next to the river. I'm like, yep, that's kind of how we farm too. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, do, it's... we, we don't measure our days and, fields we get done or well in acres we get done we measure it in fields <laughs> it's like yeah when, when folks talk about expecting to get x amount of bushels or acres through their machinery i'm like uh, uh you know, on a daily basis like you know we just try to try to put one foot in front of the other and hope we get done someday but uh i'll say we have some small fields we're into because you know because we farmed them forever forever or my uncles have and some of them sometimes a small field comes with a nice field and one landlord and you just kind of got to grin and bear it um but yeah i will say I, I mean we have creek bottoms we've got decent up ground ground we've got holes and we we about got it all but it's the, the our good ground compared to the rest of the world is not that good so it's more fun to talk about what we have the most don't, which is our our crooked crooked holes in our, in our corners and stuff that maybe you shouldn't even farm. <laughs> well, it, it, I guess I've kind of learned to make a living on some of the ground because for us, the most profitable ground we have is that stuff that's like 180 to 200 bushel corn ground. If we're lucky. And 
I we pay I don't know up here a normal land rent is 150. Anybody's paying over 200, they're rich, and it's like mm. 150 bucks an acre corn ground, and I'm paying a you know we're getting 180 bushel corn off of it. That's actually pretty that's not good. so bad. Yeah, you know we make we pay less in rent than what we what a lot of guys will, and yeah we get less yield off of it. But when I'm paying less than a dollar a bushel for land rent, it makes it really nice and you start looking at seed costs and nitrogen costs. It actually is pretty good. Our profit margins are decent. And I mean, I'm not worried about getting 250 bushel corn or else I'm going to have to call the bank and ask them for an extension on my loan. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a different animal. It's a different mindset. Um, I got guys that are like, they watch the hefty brothers and then they watch millennial farmer and then they watch all this other stuff. And they're like, well, I, we got to figure out how to get 300 bushel corn. I'm like, how are you going to get 300 bushel corn on 180 bushel corn ground? Well, we got to figure it out because <laughs> these guys are. I'm like, yeah, those guys are, they roll out the back door and everything's black. I'm like, it's not like that here. It's great. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you can take your 180 bushel ground and make 210, 220 every once in a while, uh, you're doing okay. Um, but I, I'm going to say, I, I don't know what even you're used to, but I, I think I've, I've seen a, a two five two seven on our OM maps. I mean, we're we got an awful lot of ground that one five to two range on our organic yep. matter. We're just it's it's hills and it's clays and clay loams. And then if you want sand, it's going to be in a creek bottom. Uh, or our creek's not huge. It's big enough, but it it doesn't flood and just stay out forever. But it's it's like a toilet. It can get up awful quick. So uh, <laughs> well. We- uh, we deal with river bottom ground, but our, our river bottoms, so we're stuck in between two two dams. And one wants to get rid of the water, and the other one doesn't want the water. So the water stays mm. behind one, and it gets flooded out of another one. So we usually, once the river get goes down. by the lake. Yeah, and then we're, <laughs> once the river goes down, we're good to go. It's like everything all of a sudden it drains, and we can plant. And that's usually about mid-May. It's just like, oh, great. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I was looking at your lovely Ames 4k Facebook page and I was like, Oh, Hey, that's a field across from Mike's house, Michael's house. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah, it's going to be looking beans at, next year. Look at Got the mound in it over there. Yep. Yep. That's, that's uh we call it the Indian mound or that's what I've heard it called forever. And I've not heard any confirmation of actual Indians doing anything over there. You know, as far as I know, it's just a geological oddity, but uh, it is cool to look at. It's just a pile of rocks and dirt that has not been carried off by a creek yet um, in the middle of a uh, the floodplain. So it's and it's good ground. So it's it's neat to look at, and it's usually one of the first planted. Uh, makes makes good yields, and it's usually not too tough to look at across the road. Um, it was it was corn this last fall, so it will be beans next year. Well, we get. So if you talk about Indian mounds, we actually have Indian mounds up here. Um, like they built a hospital and we had gravel trucks and stuff driving over Indian mounds. And that was like blasphemy. It's <laughs> the actual farm that I work on is um, we find arrowheads like crazy and there's actual geological digs that have been done there. And so archeological stuff, we have maps of where all the, all the villages and stuff were and, it's kind of crazy, but um, it, it's a cool area to be in. Um, I grew up in the Kinky Marsh, basically, is where I grew up. And oh, 
that was cool, but this is a little different. And but yeah, I grew up where my northwest corner of Indiana is all peat ground, and it wasn't farmed until they they basically drained the Kinky Marsh and. Now do some mild domestic terrorism and blow up the log jam in Illinois, right? Pretty much. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. it Kinky Marsh was cool. It's kind of interesting to see some of it coming back, and it's um it's a different area. It's it's kind of weird for guys up here, but I do have one guy that I work with that is actually from um oh what the heck is he from? Not Logansport. Um. Oh, I can't think of the town name. It's just a uh, actually the schools in my North Judson. They're actually in my oh. conference in high school, and uh, he's a mint farmer. And they grew. They came up here. Yeah, uh, one of the Is guys. It no, it's not Eric's family. Okay. <laughs> no, they um they actually <laughs> they were working on a mint farm in Indiana. The guy bought land up here and it's basically the same as what it is back home and they had a mint farm up here which there's a few still but not many um so they had this mint farm and the guy was like ah you know after a few years he didn't want it anymore so they bought it and no mint on it now but it's it's all ditches and huge drainage ditches and pumps and he actually buys the pumps in the town my dad works in in indiana and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. The guy got all excited when I told him where I was from. And <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm like, you're the only person in the world that's ever been excited when I said I'm from near Plymouth, Indiana. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, is that near North Liberty? I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's kind of cool. But, I, yeah. I've heard of the Blueberry Festival, and that's about it. Um, yes, the Blueberry Festival. I haven't been to the Blueberry Festival since, uh, I want to say 2003. And it was okay. 2004, maybe five. I don't know. Whenever my wife and I went when we were still dating and I don't know, it was, it's a cool thing. Um, my church actually runs the blueberry donut stand. If you ever want to go for the blueberry donuts, oh. that's like the big thing. They usually sell out really quick. I, I've never been to it. I've, I've only heard of it. Okay. <laughs> Say my, my, uh, I guess it's my brother-in-law's ex-wife's family was from there. So I, I've heard tales, but I don't hear them anymore. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I We always talk about Purdue basketball. That'll be interesting to watch. I think our next game is this weekend. But this year's team is actually good. Um, I, they're, they're fun. Whenever something good happens, you can just be surprised and – and enjoy it. There's not really a lot of expectations. So that's nice. I was talking to a guy today about the Packers and he goes, every time the Packers are supposed to be really good, they suck. (laughs) (laughs) I said, that's kind of like being a Purdue basketball fan. He goes, what's that mean? And I said, Oh man, I said, Robbie Hummel (laughs) in 2010. That's all you need to know about that. (laughs) Isaac Haas in 2018 or whatever it was. I was like, gosh, it's, it's just, it's been cruel. It's yeah. Been... I, it's kind of cool. I guess like the Packers, um, that a lot of people up here, there's people that are my age that have only known Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like us with Gene Katie and Matt Painter. It's like, I've not known any other coaches. And that's true. 
they've always been pretty good. We get kind of lucky sometimes. I really wish that team was it two or three years ago with Carson. That would have been awesome to see that. We basically almost beat Virginia. I I I allowed myself to think that the game was over and Purdue was going on. I allowed myself to believe that, and I, it it hurt, man. <laughs> what, Ryan Klein, that ball that got the ball that got back tipped, and man, oh, if, if Klein oh, wouldn't man. have missed those free throws, <laughs> we dude would. was never good at free throws. I heck of a shooter, never never a good free throw shooter. I don't know what what was up with that. He's he's never really that good of a ball handler or passer or you know but he's never afraid of anybody i don't know who knows why but man that guy could could not be a consistent free throw shooter (laughs) it's funny how close he is like sasa stefanovich if um i mean there's always these statistics that they show that um the amount of shots that they take that are three-point shots Sasha's at least got a little bit more into your game where he can kind of get in and shoot a two-pointer. But I think there was two years where Klein didn't shoot anything but threes and free throws. <laughs> it was just crazy. But yeah, it's being a Purdue basketball fans, like being a Cubs fan, one day they're actually going to win something. And I mean, that's my grandpa. This is the only cool thing about 2007 or 16 was them winning the World Series, and then my grandpa passed away the next August. And I'm like, thank oh. God, at least he got to see the Cubs win the World Series once. And yeah, that's great. More than likely, yeah. never again. <laughs> that that Cubs team is, uh, I'm, I'm a, a Reds fan, but I mean, that, that Cubs team kind of reminded me of, you know, there's so many people talking about, you know, next year we're going to be really good. Next year we're going to be really good. And it's just, just watch out. That was before the World Series. And then, then you guys won it, and you're still – then next year we're going to be even better, and it's like I it just—I always remind myself if something is good, just enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's—I <laughs> was watching uh, watching something on YouTube the other day. There's this guy I watch, uh, Giraffe Neck Mark, and for whatever reason, this guy does like really good baseball videos, and he's—he's he's younger than we are. He's like 25 or 26 or something. But he was talking about Luis Castillo potentially going to the Yankees. I'm like, oh, boy, the Reds fans are not going to be happy about that one. <laughs> Got to be honest with you. Lately, I haven't, I haven't been able to pay that much attention to the Reds just because they make me so mad every time they start to be decent. So <laughs> I, uh, they, <laughs> they, they have been a constant source, source of disappointment since, you know, 1990. So, yep. uh, and man, their, their ownership is always aggravating. Uh, man, at least you don't have Marty Schott anymore, right? No Nazis, so that's a positive, <laughs> um, as far as we know, anyway. But, uh, but yeah, uh, well, Bob Castellini came in, and we thought he was going to really open up the checkbook, and he has a couple times. And it seems like this year they're going to try to sell off the team like they're the Marlins after a World Series, but they've yet to accomplish anything, so uh, yeah. I'd- but man, I, I used to watch him every night, uh, me and mom would turn it on on fox sports back when we first got our little satellite dish and heck we wouldn't even pay attention but they'd be on all the time uh, mom really loved austin kearns and felipe lopez of all people uh, they, they weren't <laughs> around for a long time but man she loved them when they when they traded them to, to the nationals she was very sad but that was i'll say i've, I've not followed them as closely I, I keep waiting for something awesome to happen but they've let's say ever since they kind of got the playoffs and petered out. When was that, in 11 or 12? They, they got got the perfect game against them by Roy Halladay 
whatever that was, or was it just no hit. But anyway, uh, it, it, it's been hard to get excited about them since. I, I, as part of being a married man and an adult with children is trying to pick pick the things that are going to make me the least angry and throw the remote, you know, the least. And, and as far as what I can invest my time in, and they've just, they've fallen below the cat line lately. But if they ever do manage to go to the playoffs, I'll at least, I'll try to find them and watch it. And I, I might pretend like I've been there all along. But uh. yeah, if, I'm, <laughs> if I had one Reds player, I actually kind of like, it was Josh Hamilton that like the whole story yeah. with him. Um, I've got, I don't know, I do baseball card stuff and, Josh Hamilton's like the one guy that I actually kind of, I don't know why him and Kyle Schwarber, for whatever reason, those two are the guys I collect. Um, Hamilton was pretty cool. Like the whole story when the Reds kind of signed him and then he got really pretty decent. And then he went to the Rangers. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I can't remember exactly, but I, I think when he played for the Reds, there was a coach whose only job was to make sure Josh Hamilton didn't get into trouble. They didn't, leave the ballpark and go immediately find drugs and get drunk. Yeah. And, uh, but so I think there's, there was some jealousy and some people just thinking that was ridiculous and, and some, you know, bad moods, bad, bad attitudes around the clubhouse. And it kind of ruined a good thing. And I, I'm not sure he got the same level of support in Texas as he had at Cincinnati. And well, and then he uh, kind of went how it did. I bought, I made kind of an, a decent investment on, um, a set of baseball cards that Josh Hamilton's in and uh, literally like the day after I bought it, I'm like, this is great. And I'm watching the news and they're like, Josh Hamilton beats up his wife. I'm like, Oh no, no. Oh, like, <laughs> here goes that investment. <laughs> like, oh, that's, I think that, that might be worse than buying a Jersey and having somebody get traded away. That's, that might be. Yeah. But, Try being a Bears fan. You don't buy Bears jerseys. You only buy Bears jerseys that are like people that are retired. So now it's cool to have a Devin Hester jersey. But when I first bought it, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a good idea or not. <laughs> my favorite, my I have family members that have Mitch Trubisky jerseys, and I'm like, you guys, that's not a good idea. Ooh, uh, I, yeah, I, I've never been a particularly optimistic person about his his prospects as a pro, and I. I've yet to see it. Maybe. No, who knows? But I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so before we even got on, so you're listening to the podcast. Uh, oh, the, you're doing it wrong. When I did like last week, I, I didn't make fun of no till I'm okay with no till, but I got, uh, you I, made fun of uh, over aggressive proselytizing of no till. Yes. But that was <laughs> that I'm not okay with. I, I have guys who are just like, you, you know, I play, I use no till. I'm like, that's cool. We also use cover crops. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, just so you know, we use cover crop. Here's a picture of my cover crops. It's like, dude, it's not a kid. You know? <laughs> I'll say, my, my uncles and thus far has been no tilling since the 80s. And, uh, you know, if you look around, I've seen maps before of uh, who in the state of Indiana, you know, uses no-till the most on percentage basis by county. And our counties, oh, it's over half no-till. Um, so it's not it's not as outlandish of a thing when you're here. And so it's not like you go talk to your neighbor and you're like, hey, I no-till. Isn't it awesome or anything? Um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of more culturally accepted, I guess, right here in, in this well, location. Even uh, I think 
on cover crop rankings, I think Wisconsin's like third or fourth in the country, but Indiana is pretty much number one, if I remember right. Brian Scott always has to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I actually, we'll say I we, we must have been at Purdue about the same time. He always, so as much as Brian Scott is, I, I really like his, his Twitter and stuff, and he's got about the same kind of humor I do. But it's funny to to see him, and then I'll make a comment on a video or something, and he'll be like, "Hey, we had the same family background." I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "And we we <laughs> kind of went did the same thing at Purdue," and I'm like, "Yeah, we talked about this like a year ago, man." <laughs> I, I just think he gets so many people that he talks to or follow him on Twitter that he forgets, and then then we have the same conversation. It's like talking to my grandma sometimes. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about this before." You're not my grandma. I don't have to have this conversation a third time. That's... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, Brian Scott's cool. I'd, I'd love to go at some point. I got to, hopefully when COVID's over, I was planning on this winter going around and taking a drive and getting in my lovely General Motors vehicle and, and making a drive around and seeing a few people that I've met on Twitter, but not met in person. And uh, that's kind of real or derailed that whole thing. I was, I had, um, we go out to farm progress every two years in Boone. And, um, uh, when it's in Iowa, we, we make a big trip out of it. Me and a couple guys go, and I had a whole thing set up. I'm like, we got like five guys we're going to stop and see on the way out. And literally that got shut down. And then I got stuck with a $400 hotel deposit. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh man. But I bought a way wagon from a guy by Des Moines. Um, I have a, well, Jeremy Miner who was on the podcast, uh, I don't know, sometime this fall. Jeremy's a guy that I talk to all the time. Actually was texting with him tonight and was like, I have all these guys I want to go see you on their way out there. And then they shut it down and it's like, this sucks. I'm like I got all these guys I want to go kind of hang out with and I, you know, I can't do it. So we have to network on zoom and uh, <laughs> with really crappy cell phone internet connections. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what we're left with. And I, <laughs> Yeah, it's not not been the greatest uh, experience here. I said I just got off a COVID vacation. Uh, we we all come up negative and nobody's gotten sick, but that's then you end up all of a sudden uh, everything your wife's complained about for the last three, four, five, six, eight months, and you know, you're being a little lax with the masks or this or that, and all of a sudden you're, you're well. I knew we shouldn't have gone over there. I knew we shouldn't have done this. I just do it. Then she's mad at herself and everybody else and. You know what? It's just—it's not even hardly worth it. But yeah, it's—it's it's not. It's just not great, is it? No, I've got, um, I've got farmers that I know that, um, I have one customer, and he's going to listen to this, and we uh, we do everything pretty much over Zoom or phone for the most part, and I do show up sometimes, um, but only when I'm told I can be there, which is—it's entirely fine. Um, they have a and their mom's older and I, I totally get it. It works out just fine. Um, and I got another farm that I do mostly over zoom and stuff. I was actually there today, but we kind of, they've all had COVID like a month ago. So hopefully they don't get it again. But, um, <laughs> yeah. We be... just try to be, I got guys that are just like, it's no big deal. And then I got guys that are like, we just want to do everything over zoom. And I'm like, Hey, whatever you guys want to do, it's fine. Um, but then, you know, I got invited to go look at a planner in Illinois tomorrow. And I'm like, ah, I probably ought to not do that. My wife would kick my butt if I did. And that's, uh, 
part of the discussions we've had lately is, uh, you know, we're probably, you know, it's possible that we could catch COVID and get really sick, but it's, it's not likely everybody I work with would be the people most likely to get hurt and Mm -hmm. they don't care at all. And they don't think it's real. Yeah. Nobody believes in it. It's hard to keep, it's hard to be vigilant over this amount of time for someone else when they don't even think it's important at all. It's, yeah. it, it's easy to fall, fall behind or just be like, well, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least, you know, I, I did go back to work today for the first time in uh, a week and a half, close to two weeks. And you know, at least I'm, I'm in, in the office wearing a mask when I'm in there and nobody else is. And, and they say, well, at least sit at that end of the room or something. And I'm like, well, you know, if we sit here for an hour, it's, it's uh, pretty much the same, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, it, like I had a guy, uh, I got a, a, you know, he's not a customer right now, but I have a, a guy that I call on sometimes and it's a pretty close friend and uh, he's in his eighties. And like, I walked in the shop for the first time this year, uh, it must've been like October. And I'm, I'm like, Hey, do you want me to wear a mask? And he's like, well, you don't have to. And I said, I'll wear one anyway. And um, we're talking and he's just like, well, thanks for wearing a mask. And I'm like, you told me I didn't have to. He goes, well, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be a pain in the butt or anything. I'm like, well, dude, <laughs> you're 80 and you've got, you know, he's had health issues in the past. And I'm like, dude, I, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that gives it to you. Like, how would I feel, you know, like, it's like hitting somebody with your car and like wondering if they're going to pass away or something. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. No, so no, it's just, that's been a nightmare. That's, that's been, that's been the nightmare. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm like the most hated guy in the world. Cause I'm a seed dealer. So I'm like, <laughs> I have to pull in people's yards sometimes. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's hard to navigate. Like today I had a meeting at a restaurant and luckily we're the only people in there, but it's just, it's funny to do that and then you know then i come home my wife's like you went out to a restaurant I'm like yeah i had lunch at a restaurant <laughs> she's she's been home outside of i think they went to work for like two weeks in september outside of that she's been home for the entire time so i, I went oh, wow. from being the only guy that works at home and i can <laughs> listen to music as loud as i want during the day and do whatever i want not have to worry about anybody you know, caring to, I, I, I get like the Ross in friends where she like turned it down <laughs> a little bit. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. That's, that's an adjustment for sure. I, it's kind of like, yeah, when I, when I come in the house and have to behave like a, like, like I'm a civilized human and I'm not feral, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I, I used to stay up all hours of the night during college. I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm a bit of a bit of a introvert, at least in person. I hell, we had a, a Kroger that was open twenty four seven, and I'd go grocery shopping at three a.m. so I wouldn't have to like be around people. So uh, <laughs> that's that's the best thing about <laughs> the whole COVID thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm so it, as as opposed to me, like in person, I'm I'm a seed dealer, but then I'm like an introvert too, and I'm like. I get home at five o'clock, and my wife's like, "Oh, you want to go out to the dinner or something?" I'm like, "Nope." Mm-mm been talking all day i'm good i'm i'm done I, i'm i've been around enough people already i'm done you know, like it's just i used to do the same thing we'd go out to like meyer at two in the morning and i'm like 
now it's I'm an adult and I that's not cool to do. <laughs> it's I, not normal or it's 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 weird and unhealthy. I'm like, oh you sure. Yeah, apparently it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting going up here and I went from the land of 24 and 36 row, 20 inch and 30 inch planners to somebody the first day I was up here, the guy I I met one of the board members for the co-op I was working at and he goes, yeah, just went to narrow rows. And I'm like, narrow rows, you guys are planting 20 inch corn up here. No, 30 inch corn. Like that's not narrow (laughs) rows. (laughs) You guys are wide (laughs) rows. Like, We've still got to hold out the neighborhood on, on 38 and tell you what, he, he was pretty cocky in 2012. I'll tell you, <laughs> he was pretty damn proud of his 26,000 seeds an acre, 38 inch corn in 2012 that made 120 bushel. He was, he was fired up about it. I have a really good customer <laughs> of mine that plants 40 some thousand plants the acre in 38 inch rows and they do really good. Actually. Good grief. It's a fence. <laughs> And when they're they're all the rage now because everybody up we had a couple guys up here do 60 inch corn because that's like the big thing we'll put 60 inch corn with cover crops and this guy's playing 30 okay. inch rows like I've been doing that forever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but well you probably ought to get to bed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go screw around on Twitter and, and, and pretend <laughs> get my nightly routine and start winding down. I'll, I'll be in bed here in the next two or three hours, I promise. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, my, I'm like, wife's falling asleep, and I'm I'm on Twitter and Facebook and buying crap that I don't need to buy. So, all right. Well, hmm. hopefully, like I said, hopefully you find a podcast. <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. find one. All right. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll talk to you later, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>